Libraries are meant to be places of peace and for peace. So much so, in fact, that it seems inconceivable that libraries could have any place in war. Yet today, across Ukraine, libraries are places for refuge from and resistance against the Russian invasion. Welcome to Velocity of Content. I'm Christopher Keneally for CCC. The Ukrainian Library Association represents 57,000 librarians and more than 33,000 libraries across the country. Its official website may be offline, but photos and posts to the ULA Facebook page make clear that Ukrainian librarians still manage to offer a host of services, from emergency medical training to providing access to trusted news sources. In a recent essay for the Scotsman newspaper, Nick Poole, CEO of SILIP, the UK Library and Information Association, has shared a series of moving exchanges with Ukrainian librarians. His besieged colleagues, says Poole, fear attacks on libraries not simply for the damage done to books and buildings, but because the intention is to erase Ukrainian culture, literature, and language. Nick Poole joins me now. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Chris. Great to be with you. Oh, we're very happy you can join us to share this story. And on February 28th, four days after the Russian invasion, you posted a tweet about Ukrainian librarians that has since earned 200,000 likes and 30,000 retweets. And it's gone viral, but I'd appreciate it if you would read it for me. Thanks, Chris. Absolutely. And uh, I don't think when I first sent this tweet, I expected it to travel around the world. But it, it says, bloody hell. Looking at a message from the Ukraine Library Association concerning the cancellation of their forthcoming conference, it basically says, we will reschedule just as soon as we finished vanquishing our invaders. Ukrainian librarians, I salute you. So that was a message of defiance, a message of resistance. What did it mean to you as, as a librarian hearing from librarians in the Ukraine? It meant so much to me. I, I think it spoke to a defiance and a spirit, uh, not just in, in the political rhetoric in Ukraine or indeed in the militaristic rhetoric, but right at grassroots at bedrock in, in the hearts and minds of librarians. And, you know, maybe people wouldn't always think of librarians as being part of that sort of civic response uh, to an invasion. Um, but these were people who were proud, who were determined uh, and who were declaring to the world, we're not going to take this. Uh, and it just made me intensely proud of, of the profession that we're all a part of. And they have been hard at work in Ukraine. Librarians have, in fact, recast libraries in, in many different ways. So I wonder if you could tell us about the ways that libraries there have been transformed in just days. Sure, of course. And, and obviously, it's a very difficult, very dynamic picture over there. And, and we really, uh, you know, first and foremost, hope for the safety and, and well-being of our, our colleagues in Ukraine. I think it's fair to say that the impact is being felt in different parts of the country to, to different degrees. But some of the things we've been seeing, we've seen public libraries that have turned into shelters, including some of the cities uh, that are being shelled. We've seen photographs of libraries running, you know, children's sessions, activities, uh, you know, play sessions for, for very small children in, in really challenging circumstances. We've seen libraries providing medical information, helping people to get online. Uh, we've seen quite a few maintaining communications infrastructure so that people can contact friends and and family. And we've seen uh, actually a, a whole part of the Ukrainian library community mobilize to combat disinformation. So there, there's obviously a lot of state-sponsored uh, fake news and disinformation flying around. Uh, they're there right in the middle of it all, uh, helping people tell fact from fiction. 
And they are doing that while under attack. And what do librarians in Ukraine tell you about what they feel these attacks on libraries represent? I think right from the very early days when we started communicating with my counterpart, uh, the director of the Ukraine Library Association, there's a sense of, of outrage and injustice, first and foremost, that Ukraine has come to see itself as a sovereign nation uh, with a belief in a, a democratic uh, way of life, with uh, freedom of access to information. Um, and so they feel that this is, uh, I think, uh, you know, an expansion of a, a conflict that's been going on in some ways since 2014. Um, but I think their real concern is that this isn't about territory. It's not about, you know, some old connection with Russia and, and kind of former territories. It's about erasure. It's, it's about erasing the idea of Ukraine as a free and independent sovereign nation. Uh, and, you know, Ukraine has a, a literary tradition, a cultural identity, a, a strong and proud uh, tradition of, of language and creativity. And I think the real fear is that that's going to be erased as Russian forces make their way through the country. And you have asked uh, librarians in Ukraine what we can do from outside the country. What did they tell you? Yeah, I, th I think, I mean, first and foremost, and, and it's, it's a hard response to hear, but, you know, the, their view, I think rightly, is that this is a humanitarian crisis. So the first response has to be humanitarian. We, we have to raise funds, provide support, um, make sure that we're, we're trying to support the push to politicians to protect life and, and limb. But I think as well that the message that came out very clearly is we need to keep talking about Ukraine. You know, we, we need to use our voices, our channels, our words to remind people what's happening, uh, to remind people of the work that librarians are doing on the ground in Ukraine to, to support their communities. And, and essentially, you know, to keep the idea of Ukraine alive in people's hearts and, and minds. And then they've also said, you know, and, and I think this is in keeping with the original tweet as well, there will be a time to rebuild. You know, there will be a time when they've recovered their territory and, and there they're hoping to look to us for a professional response. How, how can we help rebuild Ukrainian libraries, Ukrainian culture? But, you know, right now, I think protecting people is the first priority uh, and then making sure that Ukraine doesn't get overwhelmed in this war of attrition and erasure. Well, in your essay for the Scotsman, you make the point that librarians have frequently played a role not only during war, but in the post-war environment to help bring countries back together. And I think you feel that libraries in Ukraine will be important when the war is over, too. Completely essential. You know, and I, I've worked in South Africa where we've seen libraries operating as, as uh, you know, places of reconciliation post-apartheid. We've seen in Darfur, for example, where libraries have been uh, established by the UN as libraries of peace, you know, bringing people uh, back together. And I think it's going to be totally essential. And, and it's partly the safe and trusted library in the community, but it's also the continuity of the public record. You know, pe people are going to need continuity of access to their information, their, their births, deaths and marriages and bank accounts. Uh, and so I think libraries are going to be completely essential to helping Ukraine as a nation rebuild and then communities within Ukraine to recover. Well, what kind of contact are you able to maintain at this point uh, with your colleagues and with the Ukrainian library community? 
So in the early days of, of the conflict, we reached out. I, I used to work a lot with, with Ukrainian colleagues in the European Commission and so reached out to, you know, old friends and, and former colleagues. And, and they were amazing. You know, they were emailing from uh, shelters underground in, in metro stations or around cities in Ukraine. We're really worried. A lot of that communication has gone quiet. Um, we know, for example, the last message I received from one colleague was that she and a small team of her library colleagues were staying in Kiev uh, to continue to uh, support efforts against disinformation. I haven't heard from her for um, uh, eight days now. Uh, and so, you know, it, it is very challenging. That said, it is very clear that Ukraine intends to win its part of the information war. They're, they are regularly in contact with the outside world. They're using communications where they can. And just this morning, for example, I was in contact with the deputy culture minister in Ukraine um, who was talking about, uh, you know, how their politicians, their stakeholders are staying in region, in cities uh, to support the the effort to push back against the invasion. Uh, so we are worried, you know, communications are, are partial um, but I think the Ukrainians have done an amazing effort in, in getting the message out about what's happening there. Well, Nick Poole, CEO of SILIP, the UK Library and Information Association, thank you for speaking with me and sharing your stories. Thanks, Chris. That's all for now. Our producer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. I'm Christopher Keneally for Velocity of Content from CCC.